0: Hello Hawks fans and welcome to the 2018 regular season kickoff for your Atlanta Hawks here on the KettleCast with your host Forrest Willoughby. On this episode start talking about the entire regular season and the kickoff for the Atlanta Hawks. We're going to talk about some of the changes they've made from last year to this year, who's on the roster, go through the coaching change and talk about preseason that the hawks had we'll also go through the roster big turnover that's happened there finally we'll talk about the first 20 games of the regular season and how the first 20 games are going to be very demonstrative in what the hawks end up doing in the entire regular season to start off this is the hawks 72nd year in existence and their 50th here in atlanta and they're celebrating their 50th year here, here in Atlanta in a couple ways. Most notably, they have a alternate court celebrating the fact that there's this is the 50th year of the Hawks being in Atlanta. They're also having a throwback jersey that's baby blue and red. And while I don't really like the baby blue color in general, these jerseys look very sharp. These are jerseys that throw back to when the Atlanta Hawks were in St. Louis, I'm sure You'll get to see those jerseys a couple times this season. The Hawks are also entering a new arena, really new in name only. The naming rights went from Phillips to State Farm. So I don't know if we'll change Phillips Arena to just start calling it the Farm, but we'll see if that nickname sticks or not. And the Hawks are completing a huge renovation of their arena that's taken the last two summers to complete. They completed half of it last summer and finished it up this summer. And actually, the Hawks don't have their first home regular season game until October 24th, their first three starting on the road. Having those first three games on the road is allowing the construction to finish up. This new renovation, while being the second most expensive renovation in the NBA, is designed to make Phillips Arena feel a lot more social and allow people to have a lot more vantage points To the court even when they're getting concessions or hanging out with friends not necessarily at their seat it's going to be a brand new arena it includes a barber shop if you want to get a haircut while you're there or they have top golf suites where they didn't actually build a driving range in the stadium but they have those digital screens that you hit into for i guess the more business oriented people who are not at the game just to watch the basketball um, And also, I think the biggest part of this renovation is just opening up the arena so you can go all the way around the arena without having to be stopped halfway on each side. The previous iteration of Phillips Arena, they had one side that was the club side that was primarily for businesses. And then the other side was the, gener- the general public or, you know, the season ticket holders and, and stuff like that. And it kind of divided the fans, I think, a little bit. It was just weird that you couldn't go all the way around the arena. You had had to have a special ticket to get in on one half of the arena. And that also limited what your concessions were. The club side had better concessions or at least more high-end concessions. And it just was a weird delineating factor, like kind of separating fans. So I think having a more open arena... They're also copying Mercedes-Benz Arena in that they are having concessions be more reasonably priced. We'll just create a better fan experience and we'll encourage people to come down to the stadium with the way that TVs are and, and watching at home. These sports teams have really figured out that they need to provide something different to get people to the stadium. And I think by having different vantage points by having reasonable concessions and by kind of making it a social event to go down to the arena, I think they're going to get more people down to the farm if than they would before. And that's before even getting to the big changes on, that happened on the court this offseason. The 2017-2018 Hawks finished with a record of 24-58, and 58, which was good for the absolute worst record in the Eastern Conference. It was just a really tough team to watch. The one highlight of really last season was Dennis Schroeder, absolutely torching future Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert in Utah and getting a win, and Torian Prince really turning into a magnificent offensive player in the second half of the season. Other than that, there was just not a lot to be excited about as a Hawks fan. And it was frustrating as well because it seemed like not that we didn't have the talent, which ultimately we did not, but also it kind of felt like Coach Budenholzer was not super bought into being the head of a tanking team and not super enthused about um, this turnover process that the new general manager, Travis Schlink and the new owner seemed committed to. And at the end of the season, we saw... Um, the front office allow Coach Bud to be interviewed by other teams and then ultimately decide that it just didn't make sense to continue to have an unhappy coach on the payroll and and they amicably parted ways and the Hawks started their own coaching search. And ultimately the Hawks decided to sign Coach Lloyd Pierce as their head coach. coach. Lloyd Pierce comes in with very strong pedigree. He's paid his dues at every level of, of coaching he was an assistant coach in college at his alma mater santa clara where he played with steve nash he was an assistant coach there and from there he went into the nba where he's been on the cleveland Cavaliers staff the warrior staff where he connected with travis schlenk he was on the memphis Grizzlies staff with lionel Hollins and he was an assistant coach under Brett Brown with the 76ers, who have been going through their own process to get better uh, while he was there. Under the 76ers, he was the head assistant, and he was given the job of running their defense. Coach Brown really let Pierce have control of that defense, and under Pierce's eye, the 76ers went from one of the worst defenses in the league to one of the best defenses in the league. They went from uh, being in the bottom third in defensive rating, according to basketballreference.com, in 2015 and 16 to the top 10 defensive rating last year. A lot of that, of course, can be attributed to Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons when you have a 6'10 point guard and a defensive player of the year candidate and Joel Embiid, that's going to help your defense a lot. But uh, Lloyd Pierce was able to take those players and build an effective defense that went into the second round of the playoffs last year, kind of ahead of schedule of where the process they thought the process would take. Lloyd Pierce has a very strong resume. He's also very young. He's forty-two years old. Um, of course, the Hawks signed Vince Carter this year, who is forty-one years old himself. So there's not a lot of separation between the coach and one of his most veteran players. I think that youth at the coach coaching position really allows Lloyd Pierce to connect to his, his players. Having a young team and seeing the turnover of the Hawks, I think that energy is much needed. Being a defensive coach, he can use that energy to get these players to play well at, at the defensive end. And if they buy in on the defensive end, they'll be able to score as many points as they need to on the offensive side of the ball. So the Hawks got their coach in Lloyd Pierce. After that, the biggest decision was um, what to do with this draft pick. And they had a little luck and were able to secure the third pick in the lottery when they really only had what was tied for the fourth worst record. So they got a little luck there. And of course, they made the trade on draft night to get the rights to Trey Young and trade Luka Doncic to the Mavericks. Everything in the summer starts with Trey Young. And it also signaled kind of the amount of turnover that would happen for the Hawks. Because this year, there are only seven players on the team who were on the team last year. Those players are Kent Bazemore, DeAndre Bembry, John Collins, Dwayne Dedman, Tyler Dorsey... Miles Plumley and Torian Prince. Um, on a 15-person roster, that's less than half of the roster. The draft picks who are on the roster are Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and Amari Spellman. And then the Hawks went out and they made a trade for Jeremy Lin, a veteran point guard, and they signed Vince Carter and Alex Lin. And they also signed—they also made a trade for Justin Anderson— and signed Daniel Hamilton. And so, again, that's over half your roster coming in new, along with your new coaching staff. I have a previous podcast that talks about how the summer really was GM Travis Schlenk's summer to put his mark on the team. You can go back to listen to that if you want to get some more of my thoughts on how he did this summer. The Hawks did this full turnaround of their team, of their coach, and of their arena And we're going to see how it turns out going into this regular season. Going into this regular season, the Hawks have named their starters. They are Trey Young, Kent Bazemore, Torian Prince, Vince Carter, and Alex Lynn. Now two of those starters, Alex Lynn and Vince Carter, are starting because there are injuries at their positions. John Collins would definitely be starting if he was healthy. He hurt his lay his ankle in the second to last preseason game. And the Hawks are being very conservative on bringing him back and making sure that he's healthy. And then Alex Lynn is playing in position for Dwayne Dedman. Now that position's a little more interesting because Alex Lynn is so young. He is 25 years old, only five years out of the NBA draft when he was drafted at after playing his freshman year at Maryland. And he was a number five overall pick. He was very, very highly regarded. And he just, in Phoenix, he never lived up to that potential or they didn't feel like he did. With them having the number one overall draft pick in this past summer's draft and getting DeAndre Ayton, who plays the same position as Alex, they felt like they could move on. But if you watched any of the preseason... You probably saw a lot of Alex Lynn, and we. This is a perfect time to kind of go start and talk about the preseason. The Hawks went two and three in the preseason. They won both of their preseason games played in Atlanta. Uh, the preseason games were played in McCamish Arena with the renovations going on at State Farm Arena. They lost all three of their road games, uh, one to Memphis, one to the Thunder, and one to the Heat. The Hawks. Kind of showed a lot of what they're going to do this season in their preseason games. Um, I don't know that the results of the games are anything that you should take a lot from, but just the process of each game is certainly something we can take a lot from. My big takeaways from the preseason were this team is going to push the pace of every game they're in. Clearly, the players have all been told that it doesn't matter who you are when you get a defensive rebound, you need to bring the ball up the court and advance the ball up the court, and they're going to try to get a lot of easy buckets in transition. On defense, they're going to switch a lot from point guard to power forward. They're going to try to get a lot of player, a lot of the other team's shots to come in the mid-range and try to suck a lot of players into whoever the big man is, whether that's Alex Lynn or Dwayne Dedman, playing very conservative by having Alex Lynn, pretty much every pick and roll that he was involved with, with, he was uh, dropping back, kind of allowing the player to come into him versus going out and challenging him on the perimeter. Other than that, it was very encouraging to see kind of growth through five games with so many young guys on the court. And also seeing some players who haven't been on the court a lot get some time. DeAndre Bembry is a player I am very high on. I was super high on him when he was drafted two years ago. This is his third year, and he has just been injured every year and just hasn't really gotten a chance to show what he can be. And with Jeremy Lin, who has had a history of getting injured, and Trey Young being the other point guard, DeAndre's going to get a lot of opportunities to handle the ball. In the preseason, he took advantage of those opportunities and was very aggressive in getting to the paint. The new offensive style suits both him and his fellow third-year player Torian Prince. Um, They're both very good slashers. They're both very big guys who do not mind contact getting to the basket. So it's going to be very interesting to see if DeAndre can continue the positive things that that we saw in the preseason. The offense is going to be a lot of entries into the top to the big man. Alex Lynn had a couple games with five assists which is not normal for a center and he also hit seven three-pointers which is more threes than he had hit in his career up to this point. It's going to be a fun offense to watch. A lot of it, they're going to be moving the ball up and down the court, but also they're going to be be a lot of movement. There's not going to be a lot of one person dribbling a lot, waiting for the shot clock to go down and then taking that isolation basketball and getting a shot that way. It's going to be a lot of people moving the ball, a lot of people moving without the ball, and a lot of dunks, and a lot of three-pointers. The offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. On the defensive side of the ball, you're going to see a lot of deflections, a lot of steals. Also, one thing that we saw in the preseason is a lot of open threes from the other team, and a lot of those came off of sort of broken plays where the ball got tipped or was deflected and it fell into the hands of the other team, but The defense was very good for the initial set that the other team ran and then kind of as the team got in rotation, as the Hawks got in rotation, the defense was scrambling to react to whatever the other team was doing and it sometimes led to it led to more open three pointers than I was comfortable with. We'll see if that continues into the regular season. So the preseason was a lot of fun. If you missed the preseason games at McCamish, it was a fun atmosphere. I talk about how that atmosphere was in uh, some previous podcasts, so you can go back and hear about how the six man was doing there, tryout just as the coaches were seeing what new players could do. It was a lot of fun, and the Spurs game was incredible. I think that was really Trey letting people know that he was here, but he had one of his trademarked really deep threes to win the game, just really showed off kind of the special player that he can be. Continuing to go into the uh, starters, we have Trey Young, who I was just talking about, who was the fifth overall pick. Who's tw- He's 20 years old. He is the Hawks' third point guard in four years. The Hawks have had Jeff Teague, who they traded to get the pick that became Torian Prince. They had Dennis Schroeder for the last couple years, who came expendable once the Hawks traded for Jeremy Lynn. And now they have Trey Young, and they're really turning over the keys to Trey Young from the beginning, going into preseason. I think it was a an open competition between him and Jeremy Lin. I think Jeremy Lin was not given a, a completely fair shake just because he's still recovering from injury. Trey Young looks really good in preseason. He had a tough summer league, especially going from the Utah summer league to Las Vegas. His first shot at Utah was an air ball, and his whole summer kind of started there, but he's really worked his way in to where, you know, he had the confidence to shoot that last three versus the Spurs. He kind of has gotten more used to the speed of the NBA, and it's going to be very fun to watch him start his NBA career. He led the nation not only in scoring, but also in assists last year as a freshman, That had never happened before, not just a freshman leading the nation in in scoring and assists, but any player leading the nation in scoring assists. He was able to carry his team into the tournament, although they were eliminated in the first round, and he averaged 42 points a game his senior year in high school. He certainly can score, but his favorite player growing up was Steve Nash, who played with Coach Lloyd Pierce. So there's a lot of connections to Steve Nash and this, on this Atlanta team. Trey's fascination and adoration of Steve Nash really comes out in his play. He does a lot of dribbling, kind of the Steve Nash going into the middle of the paint, not for a layup, but just probing to try to see if he can get a better pass to one of his other players. Trey was acquired in the trade for Luka Doncic, so they're always going to be connected. And at Oklahoma, he was coached by Lon, Lon Kruger, who was a Hawks coach coach earlier in his career, and Lon Kruger's most famous moment as a Hawks coach is when he guaranteed the season ticket holders that the Hawks would make the playoffs, and they did not make the playoffs, and uh, they were forced to refund a little bit of money to those season ticket holders, which um, got Lon Krueger, lost him his job, but he learned a professional style of basketball from a former professional head coach. He came a long way. He was a very highly regarded high school player, an All-American, but he was not expected to be a one-and-done player, and he really took the nation by storm in the early part of, in the first half of his uh, collegiate season, and the second half he sort of fell off and wasn't doing as well. His court vision, his shooting ability, just how deep he can shoot and make shots consistently... Really helps a team out. the big con on Trey is is he big enough to hold up on the defensive side of the ball? um and it was something I was very worried about going into these preseason games and getting to see him live. He really looked he did not look out of place on the basketball court and he had to guard go up against some big guards, frankly, he guarded Derek White on the Spurs. who's a six four almost combo guard and he was going against Alfred Payton for the New Orleans Pelicans, who's also another big guard. He certainly was getting bullied on switches when he was being forced to guard a power forward or even a small forward, but going competing against the other guards, he looked fine. The defensive side of the ball is going to be tough for him, but it's going to be a learning experience, and this is his rookie year. Starting at the two-guard is Kent Bazemore. Uh, Bays is now the longest-tenured Hawk. He is the last remaining member of the 60-win Hawks team. He was on the bench in that for that group and one of the leaders of the the bench mob that really got the crowd going. Him and Mike Muscala were fan favorites of just Muscala throwing up the moose goggles and Kent doing the, the towel wag for that amazing team. Kent, you know, is very famous for his bays gaze after Hawks win, so hopefully we'll be seeing the Stairmaster throwing down some of those Bayes gazes this season. Small forward is Torian Prince, like I said, the third year player from Baylor who really got his offensive game going in the second half of the season last year. He had a couple 35 plus point games, um, one coming against the Celtics. He shot the three ball as good as anybody in the NBA last year in the second half of the season. He was taking and making as many threes as anybody but Steph Curry and coming into the league Torian was thought to be a player that's going to need a lot of time to develop and that he was going to be very good on the defensive end and his offense would need a lot of work and he's just really developed his offense a lot to show that he I mean his game against the Spurs in the preseason he scored the team's first 12 points he had 16 points in the first quarter and he really carried the team at the end when the Spurs were trying to get a win Hopefully, just continuing that, I think he's, he's been given a, an opportunity to be a leader on this team. So hopefully, he continues to grow. At Power Forward, we have Vince Carter, Vince Sanity. What else can you say about Vince Carter except he's 41 years old and now playing Power Forward? He's one year younger than his coach. I think part of the reason he came to Atlanta is so that he could also uh, moonlight over at NBA TV which has its headquarters here in at Atlanta. To see him on the court, both Bimbry and Torian Prince have talked about how he was one of their idols growing up, having him as someone they can go talk to, seeing how the crowd reacts when he just throws down dunks in the layup lines before games. He has made uh, the Hawks something that people want to come see. He still hits threes. He's willing to go and guard bigger players, at power forward position, which not every forty one year old would want to do. So it's gonna be fun having Vince on this team. Now the player he's taking the position for right now and John Collins, John is gonna be a focal point for this team. He was so good last year. He's you know six ten, two hundred and thirty five pound power forward. This is his second year and he's just known for his dunking ability and his rebounding, going from 24 minutes a game to he's going to be playing 30-plus, it's going to be fun to watch John Collins play basketball. He has such a positive attitude. Um, he's been injured like these last two preseason games, and no one's been more active on the bench than John. He's just kind of the guy you want to build a young team around, and I think he is going to take as much leadership as a second-year player can take on the Hawks, and he's going to be someone that people are happy to come cheer for one theme you'll see a lot through this team is just dunking ability and he's somebody who dunks it. One of the highlights of the preseason was Trey Young going off the backboard to John Collins um, against the Pelicans, which was amazing and completely got the crowd going. The last position, of course, is center with Alex Len. He is 25 year old center. This is his fifth year and. In the preseason, he was averaging over 10 points a game. He was averaging over two three-point attempts per game in the preseason. So his scoring is going to go up. Now, it's amazing how much of this Hawks team is going to depend on Alex Len. He is going to be the anchor of their defense. And on offense, all the half-court possessions are going to go through the center at the top of the key. And his passing ability and his ability to protect the rim are kind of what are going to determine how good, really, the Hawks are. He's always played about 20 minutes per game. It's going to be interesting to see with Dwayne Dedman hurt, if that goes up and he's playing more around 30 minutes, or if Miles Plumley is a true backup and they play, they kind of split the time between him and Miles. It's going to be very interesting to watch how far... Alex Lynn goes, and how much that contributes to the Hawks winning. That gets through the uh, starters of the Atlanta Hawks. The rest of this roster um, has two two two-way players, Jalen Adams and Alex Poitras. Alex Poitras is very interesting. He's been playing a small ball center in the preseason. He was very good at it, and I'd be surprised if he stays on his two-way contract and isn't given a full contract early in this NBA season. He's a local kid. He's from Savannah, and he can step out and hit three-pointers, and just has a relentless motor getting rebounds. He's not the biggest guy in the NBA, but he held up at the center in the preseason, and I think you're going to see the Hawks go very small. And when Poitras is out there, they can switch, the Hawks can switch one through five, and you can really see their defense open up and kind of... That... Switchability ability uh, from your point guard all the way to the center, that's what makes Golden State so dangerous when they're able to do that on their defense. So it'll be interesting how the Hawks have their own version of that with Alex Poitras, and he's a guy I would watch early in this season. Other than that, the bench guys to watch, I mean, Jeremy Lin is going to look very good in the last preseason game. The thing to watch with Jeremy is how many minutes he's playing per game, if he plays, if him and Young are ever on the court at the same time. Because I think with Jeremy's size, he is able to play shooting guard a little bit. And if they want, if they think he gives them a better opportunity to win, if they're comfortable playing Trey Young and Jeremy at the same time. And again, him and Trey Young are the only two point guards the Hawks are going to carry on their normal roster. Jalen Adams is a point guard, but he's the two way player. So. Jeremy's health is very important, and we'll see if he's able to hold up, if the Atlanta Hawks training staff is able to keep him in good shape. Um, The two new draft picks who are coming off the bench are Amari Spellman and Kevin Herter. Uh, Kevin Herter had a slow start to his summer because he had a hand surgery, wrist surgery, and so he didn't get to participate in any of the summer league games. He came in in the preseason and his first preseason game. I did not think he played very well. I thought he looked lost on defense, but each successive preseason game, he he looked a little better, and my only uh, complaint with him is just shoot the ball when you get the ball. Um, he seems to hesitate a little bit if he gets the ball early in the clock, and he's known for shooting. That's why he got drafted. He has great size for a shooting guard. He's six seven, and he's got great athleticism, but he just got to trust his jump shot, and um, it'll be fun to see if he's in the rotation to begin with or if he kind of has to work his way in. Omari Spellman is a, another small ball five who can shoot the three. He brings relentless energy. He doesn't always know where he's going or where he's supposed to be on defense, but uh, he's certainly a character. And it'll be fun seeing him come off the bench. Finally, Justin Anderson is a player we got in the trade that sent Mike Muscala to the 76ers and Dennis Schroeder to the Thunder. And he's familiar with Lloyd Pierce's system and is a strong wing defender, 3 and D guy who is still injured, so we'll see if he comes back in. Dwayne Dedman is still recovering from his injury. Once he gets back, it'll be very interesting to see how he splits time with Alex Lynn. That is your Hawks roster. There are seven guys from last year, eight guys who are new to the team. It'll be very fun to see how this young team takes that turnover and what they do with it. Finally, I'm gonna talk about these first 10 games um, the Hawks have to start their season. First 20 games. And the, they start on the road with the knicks grizzlies and Cavs, and the first 20 games are great because they have 10 home games 10 away games um their first 10 games usually i would say the first 20 games are a good thermometer of where a team is your first 10 games you usually can have some outliers i think the orlando orlando magic last year started seven and three or, or started extremely hot and really faded but usually by 20 games, you kind of know what each team is. Um, that's not quite going to be true with the Hawks, just because their first 10 games, they really only have one game that I don't think they could win, which is at the 76ers. The rest of their games are against teams that are trying to figure out what they are, like the Knicks, the Cavs, and the Kings, or against um, teams that I think are mediocre or you know not fantastic, such as the Grizzlies, the Heat, or the Hornets. But when you get into the second half, in the second 20 games, you start getting into teams like the Warriors at the Warriors, at the Nuggets, at the Pacers. You get the Celtics at home. Uh, You just start getting a little bit higher degree of difficulty in teams you're playing. It'll be interesting if the Hawks are able to take advantage and kind of jump on the softer part of this beginning of the schedule. I think games at the Knicks is a winnable game. Against the Cavs, who no longer have LeBron James, that's a winnable game. Um, The first home game, the first two home games with the Mavericks and the Bulls coming into Atlanta, those are two young teams that probably aren't fully set in their ways or um, know what they're doing. So those are two winnable games. Then when you get, get on this West Coast swing they have in the second 10 games with the Lakers on the road, the Warriors on the road, and the Nuggets on the road, it's going to be tough for these young players going on their first West Coast trip. Seeing how the Hawks navigate these first 20 games, you shouldn't get too excited about if they come out of the gates really rolling, and you shouldn't get too down if, you know, they have this great hot streak, and then they lose a couple games in the second 10-game stretch. You know, also with a team as young as the Atlanta Hawks are, It's going to... There are going to be ups and downs just because of their youth. Seeing how Coach Lloyd Pierce handles it and how Trey Young takes to being an NBA starter and the rest of these guys take to being Atlanta Hawks is going to be very interesting. They're going to be playing a very fun style of basketball. I highly recommend getting to any games that you can because there's going to be a lot of scoring, a lot of three-pointers, and a lot of dunks. There are going to be a lot more kettle casts, so I hope you've enjoyed this kickoff to the new season if you have any questions or any comments you can email me at kettlecast at dot go hawks